And the owner is sort of like a Labrador like me. Like I like to like wag my tail and get excited about things. (laughs) I've determined that the type of dog I am is a German shepherd. Yeah. Because, you know, just steady and loyal and I'm here for you. Um, and but do you still wag your tail if I'm like, she's a good girl. <laughs> she's a good girl. <laughs> do you just kind of want to? No. <laughs> no, I don't do that. <laughs> a little positive encouragement. Does it make you feel a little waggy? <laughs> two trainers, owners of Push Fitness, and the hosts of this podcast. During training sessions with our clients, we often tell them to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And we're saying that right now to you too. Let's push ourselves. Let's push ourselves to see fitness differently. Let's push the envelope when it comes to self-love. Let's push a new narrative about women and weight. Let's push out harmful ideas about the body that is rooted in racism and patriarchy. Let's find a new definition of fitness that welcomes all people. You ready? I'm ready. Let's push it. Hello and welcome to the Push Podcast. This is season two, episode 12. And we just got done with the workout. It's our Sunday morning workout. Yeah. And we were um, waiting for Kara's husband to finish his workout before we hit record because otherwise there would have been a lot of deadlifting noises. Yes. Lots of banging <laughs> of the weights. Which is fine. So, we don't yeah. mind that. But it's not for the best audio purposes. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what have you been up to this week, Jilly? Uh, this last week, let's see, I have been um, working and working and working some more. Uh, yesterday, yesterday we I had kind of a fun day. So my husband was at <clears throat> a Highland Games practice and he was gone most of the day. And so I decided that I was going to be fun mom and bring uh, my bed out to the living room and have a, a movie bed. And we watched uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. And good it was, it was a great movie and, um, you know, cuddling on the bed and watching a movie didn't work so well, uh, except for with the five-year-old, but the other two were more like, let's play and climb on you and hit you in the face. Let's jump on the bed. Let's jump on the bed. But it was fun. It was fun. And actually I was really proud of myself for moving the mattress because it's a big, it's a, it's a California King and it's kind of floppy. So I had to figure it out, but I did. I moved the mattress by myself with three kids there and I just got it done. Nicely done. Okay. So when you sent me that picture, I really thought that it was in your bedroom. I was like, I didn't know she had a TV in her bedroom. No, I don't. It didn't make sense to me until just now. I I moved it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm getting it. All right. So that's really cool. Yeah. And then when Sam came home, he didn't say anything about the bed, and I was kind of mad at him. Right. You're I like, was like, don't you recognize my prowess? Yes, adorable <laughs> prowess. <laughs> then he goes, well, I was impressed that you moved it. Or, I was impressed that it was moved is what he, how he said it. And I was like, hmm, all right, well, you can impress me by moving it back then. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting to be impressed. And he did. <laughs> 
and I was a little giddy that he had a harder time with it than I did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that reminds me of when I was, um, I like, I had a series of probably about 10 years of my life where I moved every single year. Yes. And I got really good at it, but it was like, I would do a thing where I'd start really early in the morning. I'd pack everything into like a truck or a van or a U-Haul, whatever it was that I was using. And then I like unpack everything all in the same day. Yep. And I remember moving a futon by myself and that was a bitch. I'm sure it was. Oh my God. And I felt really proud of myself. But I also was like, that was one of the hardest things I've ever done because those are so heavy. And I was living in New York City and there's like all these like parking rules. And so you can only park on one side of the street Uh or the other side of the street. So I was filling a truck that was actually across the street from the apartment that I was living in. So I had to drag that futon down the stairs from my apartment and across the street. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. When I move someday, I'm going to take that mattress down the stairs by myself. Okay. You can. No, you're, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'll, I'll get help. <laughs> like, like, I guess. Okay. If you want to risk it. <laughs> And chill went to the hospital. (laughs) What have you been up to this last week? Oh my gosh, this was a big week. So on Thursday, we started our community workouts. Yes. So if you live in the Salem area and you are a BIPOC, a person of color, or an ally, feel free to come to our community workouts. The purpose of these workouts is to provide a fitness space for people who may not feel comfortable in gyms, may not have access to a gym membership. And so we really wanted to have something that was free to the public. We um, have them outside. So it's like, this is the beautiful time mm-hmm. to be in Salem. It's yes. just a few months where it's like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta take advantage of it when it comes up because it changes. Right. In fact, we had like January this last week where it was like in the eighties and now it's like cold and Mm -hmm. it's been raining. And so, yeah, got to take advantage of it while you can. It's like a big emotional swing. It it (laughs) is though. It is for some people, right? It's that big swing is hard, but yeah. So we, uh, we started that this last week and I say we, and I totally mean car because I didn't go, but (laughs) I wanted to go, but I have uh, three children that make it hard to go places. And my husband was at work and I didn't want to do it, but apparently I can move a mattress downstairs by myself and I'm not going to take my kids downstairs. You're not going to take your kids down the stairs. Not anytime. I don't have to. (laughs) That's hilarious. I just called myself out. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. So we had that. And then um, that's, I mean, that's kind of it. Like this weekend, this weekend I went to a new gym. Um, I've been, I, I, if you know me, I don't think I've talked about it a lot on, um, on the podcast, but I really love CrossFit, the exercise. I do not really stand behind CrossFit as a company. Nope. Um, so I really like that, that when I work out myself, these are the kinds of workouts that I like to do. Um, so I did not continue going to my old CrossFit gym because, uh, the owner was, you know, really 
not into the social justice movement at all. Mm-hmm. And so I've been kind of looking for another place to go. And there is another place in town that just has some great energy and our values are very much in align alignment. And so um, uh, my husband and I went and it was really, really, really fun. Yeah. And the owner is sort of like a Labrador like me. Like I like to like wag my tail and get excited about things. <laughs> so, I've determined that the type of dog I am is a German shepherd. Yeah. Because, you know, just steady and loyal and I'm here for you. Um, and but do you still wag your tail if I'm like, she's a good girl. Is she a good girl? Jesus kind of want to. No. <laughs> no, I don't do that. <laughs> a little positive encouragement does make you feel a little waggy. <laughs> wags her tail sometimes like she does called twerking it's well (laughs) have you ever seen a labrador twerk (laughs) no but i really want to see at our community workout we turned the band walking into twerking oh my god into resisted twerking and it was way more fun how does your niece do with that oh fine oh good (laughs) honest i was a little frightened so i was like what if she loves it there and she leaves me german shepherd alone no (laughs) no you are irreplaceable (laughs) (laughs) there she goes (laughs) (laughs) yes anyway thinking at home what kind of dog am I <laughs> yeah I bet you are I would love to hear what kind of dog you are yes get <laughs> us up we want to know yes. <laughs> so today's episode we are going to be talking about diet unicorns mm-hmm. and so what we mean by this is that like if you look at the studies between 95 and 98 percent of all diets fail uh-huh right which means that there's like this small percentage, two to five percent of dieters who are successful. So what Sorry. my dog, speaking of dogs, <laughs> look at her. Just hey, hey. It was just the timing of it. <laughs> After we had all that dog talk. Yeah, she's like, oh. But now we're talking about unicorns. Okay, go on. Yeah, we're talking about unicorns now, Hatch. So yeah, diet unicorns being, you know, why do some people succeed at dieting? Yeah. So I thought this was a pretty interesting topic because Mm -hmm. I have thought this a lot. Like there was a time when I was, when I would honestly think like, especially early on in this whole process of like becoming more anti-diet where I was like, I'm going to be the two to 5%. Like I'm special. I work hard at it. Like my whole my whole life and career revolve around fitness. Like, so like I should, I should be that two to 5%. But then when I wasn't, I was like, well, what the hell? Like what, right. What happened and why not? 
And so if you have ever felt like that, or you know a diet unicorn, then let's talk about it. Let's talk about like how and why some people do succeed and why others don't. Yes. And I want to add in like success has air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get to that more. Mm-hmm. But um, so one of the reasons that some people may seem to have succeeded at keeping the weight off after dieting is because it's actually too soon to tell the results. Yeah. So, so a lot of the research that we have on dieting, especially the ones where it shows that dieting is quote unquote successful is the research ends at the end of like the dieting period. So say someone diets for six weeks, the research study goes for the six weeks. If it's three months, the research goes for the three months. And what we don't see is that within about two to five years of the diet, most people will gain their weight back mm-hmm. plus some mm-hmm. two thirds of the people not only gain their weight back, but gain more weight back than what they originally lost. Mm-hmm. So, um, So what you might be seeing is that beginning stage where it's like they have done the diet, they're feeling pretty good about themselves, but like, like the biology of that is that you can't really sustain that because your body doesn't recognize the difference between starvation and a diet. And so it will start putting, putting things into motion to make it harder and harder for you to maintain that weight loss. It'll slow down your metabolism. Yep. It will release uh, hormones that cause um, you to have a lot more craving. So we all think like, oh, it, I was weak and I didn't have the willpower to keep going. It's like, no, your body is doing exactly what it was designed to do to keep you alive. Like your body is like, whoa, we are starving and we need to find food now. And so that's where like, if you have those, like I, you know, failed at my diet or I cheated on my diet, Mm -hmm. that is your body doing exactly what it's made to do, which is to keep you alive and make sure that you have the nutrients you need. So a lot of times we shame ourselves for having that experience when in reality, like, thank you body for keeping me alive, for making sure that I keep enough food and calories coming into my body for all of my you know, bodily functions to work properly and to be able to still build muscle. And because mm-hmm. one of the first things that happens when you diet is you start muscle wasting yeah. your body literally eats itself. It's like taking, you know, the wood off of your cabinet doors to build a fire, to heat your house instead of gathering wood <laughs> from the forest, right? Like, like the wood from the forest is like food coming into your body, right? Are you following me? Yes. This is good, good, right? This is really good. (laughs) (laughs) I got it. I got it. So instead, you like cannibalize your, yourself or your house instead. Yes. And so, you know, so anyway, so there's not a lot, there's not a lot of good long-term success with any, with any kind of diet. 
No, not that we've not that we've seen, not that there has been verified research on. In fact, it's been the opposite. Mm -hmm. um, and another thing too is people who are maintaining their results. We don't actually know what's going on behind the scenes with that person. We don't know if there are disordered eating patterns happening um, and uh, extra measures being taken that are unhealthy to keep that weight off. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say again, like it also might be too soon if those disordered eating patterns can sustain mm -hmm. the weight loss because a lot of times the body will bounce back or it will mm -hmm. get sicker and right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I actually, yeah. I actually know someone and she's a friend of mine, but I can't follow her on social media anymore because I find myself comparing myself to her a lot because mm -hmm. she is one of those quote unquote diet unicorns. But I do know intellectually that she is absolutely displaying a lot of signs of disordered eating. Um, mm -hmm. You know, she sort of obsesses over diet and exercise. She sort of she's had times in her life where she has literally like tasted food and spit it out into a napkin or worried about the amount of spinach she was eating or the size of a banana that she was eating and so I know that that kind of stuff is happening and mm -hmm. some people can maintain weight loss for a, a good period of time and do those behaviors mm -hmm. um what does tend to happen is that over time your metabolism gets slower and slower and then it becomes harder to maintain those right. kinds of that that weight loss um but so far this person has been able to and i was and i have found myself at periods where i've been struggling a little bit myself where i'm like gosh like why is it so hard for me Mm -hmm. but not for her. And it's almost like it tempts me back into mm -hmm. those dieting behaviors. And so for me, I love to spend time with this person, what, like person, like face to face, mm -hmm. but I can't see what she's doing on social media anymore. Yeah. I just, it's yeah. not for me. I just need to have some distance mm -hmm. in order to maintain that friendship actually. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that we've talked a little bit about our own uh, diet history before. Um, some of the disordered eating patterns that come up can even like, can even be a part of the tools that you use to get there. Mm -hmm. So like um, I use a very famous um, fitness tracking app and I remember the target calorie count, whatever it was, whatever the app said it was, I would always try to go 500 calories under it mm. every time and so like that, eating less than a toddler right no it's true <laughs> yeah eating less than a toddler but yeah just trying to like okay so if I can get under that by this amount then I'm doing better than the app is even telling me to do like that was my mindset like that's my success and that that worked for a little bit not long term right <laughs> so right um and like my first, my first major diet. So, I mean, I had eating disorders all through high school and college. And I don't even really consider that a diet because it, I wasn't following any plan. I was mm -hmm. just like, I was just coming up with these really strange rules, like only eat eight, eight grams of fat per day. 
which that is incredibly hard to do. Yeah. Um, and I would always feel so proud of myself when I would like do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but my first actual diet plan was Weight Watchers. Mm-hmm. And that actually really caused me to have a lot of eating disorder, like not eating disorder. Cause I wasn't actually like binging or purging during that time, but it was disordered eating where I had a lot of very rigid rules around what I could eat. I started mm-hmm. obsessing constantly about points. I'd have all of the points like memorized and my whole day was sort of programmed around thinking about like what I was going to eat and how I was going to like, like work the system to like have these certain number of points. And so mm-hmm. I would have like, I was living in New York city at the time and there was some kind of frozen yogurt. Gosh, what was that place called? Anyway, they, it was like one of those places Let's that go there. back in the day, they would, it was sort of like novel and they'd have like four different flavors every day. And so I would figured out that there was like two points to have this, you know, certain kind. And I would sometimes spend my day like eating my whole points in like frozen yogurt, different flavors. Cause I would be like this part of town would have some flavors and then I'd go to another part of town, which is not healthy. Then Weight Watchers eventually told me, cause I stopped losing weight. I lost 60 pounds. And they eventually told me that I would need to stop exercising in order to continue to lose more weight because I was exercising too much that I needed to eat more. And so for them, it was like, oh, well, the priorities is weight loss, not this health promoting activity that you're doing, like exercise. Yeah. It's that you continue to just get skinnier. And so in order to do that, you got to stop exercising. So I was like no, I'm not doing that. Like, at least I had the foresight to be like, that doesn't make sense. Um, but then I decided to become vegan and started eliminating whole food groups very suddenly from my diet Mm -hmm. and got really into, you know, the wellness, clean eating bullshit (laughs) that I was on for quite some time. Now, veganism, I, I, you know, talk about muscle wasting. I was, got really sick on that for quite some time. And I know that it works really well for some people. Some people do it for, you know, um, you know, socially conscious or, um, religious reasons and things like that. So I'm not knocking it for everyone, but the way that I was doing it was at certainly because of diet culture and it created a whole nother set of disordered eating behaviors in me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from the outside in, everybody was like, Oh, you know, patting me on the back. Like, look at you eating big salads all day. And like, gosh, you're so healthy. And I just, you know, soaking up all that attention until like, I was literally sick all the time yeah. because of, I wasn't giving my body the fuel it needs. And I never felt satisfied. Mm-hmm. Never. Yeah. Um, and to go through the world, always feeling like there's like this big hole inside of you, like you're like, you want to fill it and you're like, you're like, well, I shouldn't be hungry because I'm eating all this, this huge salad, mm-hmm. but I never felt nourished. Yeah. Yeah. That did not work. That did not work well for your body. No. <laughs> yes. I definitely um, think that the clean eating wellness um, industry there's a lot of uh, diets in disguise there. And I definitely did that for a while. Um, I think that another reason 
why there are diet unicorns out there is because it very well might be their first time dieting. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the first time that I ever dieted, it wasn't a specific plan. It was one that I had concocted, um, which basically was just eat as little, little as possible, right? So <laughs> always be hungry. Always be hungry. Never be <laughs> satisfied. Be miserable, but look great. <laughs> right? Sure. So, and I did, I lost a significant amount of weight doing that. Um, and then, you know, came out of that gain the weight back and then some, and then when I've gone on to these other like diets, um, I never have been that small again ever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Me too. Like it, it literally moved my set point, right? That the more diets that I was on the, the heavier I got because it would, my body's natural set point would shift up, which actually brings us to our next point yes. is that, that, some people's set points are lower. Mm-hmm. So like bring you back to the person I was talking about before that I'm friends with, but not on social media, mm-hmm. that I also think that her set point is naturally lower when she has shown me like pictures of her, you know, younger, like when she had, had you know, before she had her kids or before she started, you know, her sort of journey now that she was always a smaller person. Mm-hmm. And so it's possible that, you know, she is sort of, this is just kind of, kind of where she's meant to be. Yeah. Um, and so like, I, I think about that a lot. Like, I'm not really sure exactly where my natural set point would be or is outside of having done all of these disordered eating behaviors throughout my life. Right. But I'd be kind of curious to know, you know, like, what would my body look like if I had just never dieted? Right. We will never know. Right. Right. And I think, I think that it's true too, that your set point can move up uh, like after every rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm fairly positive that mine, ha- mine has, um, but yeah, there's just no way to know for sure. Um, and I think like to go along with, with your point about this person on social media and her set point, like, I think that our perception of somebody's diet journey can really affect like how we view ourselves in our own relationship with food. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, like we don't know all the things behind the scenes and we don't know that maybe they just really are naturally smaller people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like bodies come naturally in all different shapes and sizes. Like even if me and this other, this, my friend, but not social media friend, if we like ate the same and did the same exercise program, we would still be in vastly different bodies. Mm-hmm. And so there's just no point in comparing ourselves because we are just different. And, um, and, you know, when I was talking about, like, I wonder what, and all this kind of stuff, like those kind of thoughts don't necessarily really serve us either. Like I, I still think them, but um, you know, to, it is one of my goals to try to be in the moment with my body and to appreciate it on a daily basis. Because one of the things I, I see so much with our clients and even in myself at times is like a picture will come up from like five years ago in yeah. Facebook and I'll look at myself and I'll be like, damn, I'm way bigger now than I was before. Or like, oh, I have that muscle definition that I don't see anymore. Or or I I compare myself and I'm, 
more I, I like, it affects how I see my body now, mm-hmm. seeing my body in the past. And it, and really there's nothing to be done. I'm not going to go back on a diet. Um, I'll every once in a while I get sucked back in and I'm like, oh, maybe, but the ration, the rational part of my brain kicks in. It's like, to what end? Yeah. To be right back where you are now, plus them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been trying to really dedicate a lot of my energy towards thanking my body and being grateful for my body and what it can do. And when I start having those feelings of like comparing myself to other people or even to my past self, I always stop and say, thank you, body. And I have found that to be really, really helpful mm-hmm. because it's like, no, like my body is doing some great things for me right now. Yeah. And, um, I can thank it for what, what the, 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 the pleasure that I get out of all, all kinds of different things in this moment. Yeah. And I think like on an even grander scale, like some of, some of the changes in the body are naturally occurring due to aging. And, um, I also think that aging is, is a privilege, like, Mm -hmm. you know, having been on this earth long enough to be able to see those changes. Mm -hmm. That's something to be grateful for. Right. Yeah. So that's really good point, Joe. So our last point is, um, that maybe the person that you're seeing that you're like, Ooh, that person was able to like lose the weight and keep it off. Like, is it possible that we don't know the whole story, which is kind of the whole theme of this, right? Mm-hmm. But like, maybe they're not taking it that seriously. So I talk about my husband and his quote unquote default body all the time. Yes. But he sort of naturally gains and loses about 20 pounds at least every year. And he's not trying to. It, it'll be that he gets a little stressed or, you know, he, it, I don't. I don't even know what triggers it, but he just does. And it's, it's not because he's dieting. It just kind of happens. And so he stays in this range, um, sort of effortlessly mm-hmm. all the time. And, and gaining and losing weight is a natural part of just being in a body. Yes. Like the difference is, is are we doing it intentionally? Are we like, actually restricting and depriving our bodies because that is a big difference like when my husband loses weight it is not because he is restricting or depriving his body it's just because he's got his life is different in some way Mm -hmm. and so that might be something that like if you're seeing someone lose weight you're like gosh I wonder what they're doing like maybe nothing maybe that they're not really taking it all that seriously or, and we've brought this up before, maybe they're sick mm-hmm. or stressed out, or like, it might not always be because they're on a diet. It could be that we're celebrating something about them that is not really a source of pride for them. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we have a client who, um, over the past year or so has lost a significant amount of weight. Um, pretty noticeably. And she recently resumed working out with us again. And 
I noticed, um, we both noticed, but we, mm-hmm. you know, didn't say anything because it's not our business what she's doing with her body or what her body's doing. And we like, we didn't know the whole story. So a few weeks go by and she stops and she says, I just want to say thank you for making this a safe space for me because I know when I come here that nobody's going to comment on my body. And then she shared her story with, with me in that um, she's on a new medication that is helping her manage her mental health, but it's, um, it's depleted her, uh, or it's made her lose weight and not on, she's not doing it on purpose. And in fact, she forgets to eat sometimes because of this medication. Mm-hmm. And so it's actually like, it, it, it really bothers her that a lot of people are like, oh, you've lost so much weight. You look great. How are you, how have you been doing this? And it actually really hurts her feelings to have people make those assumptions about her mm-hmm. um, when she's really struggling to find a healthy balance with this medication. Yeah. Yeah. So we, whenever we comment on someone's, someone else's weight, or even if we're not commenting, but we're thinking about it when we're scrolling through social media, a lot of times we don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And um, there's so much behind the scenes. And when we compare ourselves to other people, all the time, we really sort of, we lose a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we lose a lot of our own joy. Um, but it also makes it really hard to stay in the moment. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I think, what did you say earlier? It's a quote that I've seen all the time. Oh yeah. Comparison is a thief of joy. Yeah. That is very true. <laughs> yeah. Very true. So that's all that we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the Push podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button, give us a review, and consider becoming a Push patron. We are on patreon.com slash pushfitness, and you can go and check out the different membership levels and the different freebies that are involved with each level, and we appreciate the support. So go check that out, become a Push patron, um, and you might just hear some of your questions answered on the podcast if you do that. So, mm-hmm. I like to hear my name on the radio. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I guess not on the radio, on the interwebs. So yeah, give that a go. Check it out. And we'll see you next time. Yep. See you next time. Bye.